conquer local. Come on, George, I'm happy to be here. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta, hosted by George Lee. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is, with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on this episode, we welcome Will Palmer. With over 15 years of professional sales and marketing experience and nine of the 15 dedicated to lawyers, we're going to learn from Will how to capture this lucrative niche. He's a four times President's Club qualifier and one regional salesperson of the year. And when you listen to Will, you'll see he is a dialed in sales professional. He founded and rebranded three different companies. And I want to hear that story for sure. Get ready, Conquerors, for Will Palmer. He's coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Well, it's been a while since I've been to Kansas City, Missouri. So today we're going to do it virtually. Will Palmer on the line with us from Kansas City, CEO and founder of Growth Lab. Welcome, Will, to the Conquer Local Podcast. Thanks, George. Good to be here. We're pretty excited to have you on the show because you've uh, been very successful in your career working in what I consider to be a, a really lucrative space, which is working with law firms. But uh, love to understand a little bit more about your background and, and how you became uh, the SEO expert that you are today. Yeah, I'll give you the, the rundown with my experience. So I guess the best way I would describe myself would be sort of an internet nerd and my my wife would attest to that so just always been on the computer from a young age and and sort of turned into this legal marketing entrepreneur over the last almost 10 years believe it or not and so worked with you know pretty national well-known agency in the the marketing space for legal before that had pretty traditional professional sales experience with some big players like adp and uh, ultimately, in the last couple of years have realized my dream of being an entrepreneur and quitting sort of the corporate world to give myself just an opportunity to kind of build my own empire, so to speak, to have really better work-life balance, to build a team, to take sort of my creativity and apply it to the business world, take my sales experience, apply that to my ability to acquire our own customers and really just gain a lot more control over the sales process, the the marketing solutions that we provide that lead to really good results for our, for our law firms that we serve. So it's been a really fun ride and I just wish I did it sooner. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, it, it, we were talking about this before we jumped onto the show. You you were in the corporate world for, for quite some time, honed all your skills and then took the plunge. Uh, so congratulations on that. And what, what you are articulating, I hear from lots of entrepreneurs, just wish that we would have done it earlier. But for Folks that are, are listening on to the show today, I do want to talk a little bit about your experience because you mentioned, you know, you, you're doing the sales, like you're, you're right in there doing the sales and, and leveraging all those skills. Um, is that a key component to your success, obviously? Yeah, I think, and I've talked about this before, in my humble opinion, one of the most 
important common traits among the most successful entrepreneurs, no matter how big the business is, is the ability to sell and get out of your comfort zone if you aren't familiar with sales and, and to sell. So yeah, I, I would say it's played a, a significant role in our ability to scale quickly because the sales process obviously being one sort of cog in the machine in terms of how you can scale quickly with revenue and 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 make a really valuable service for for your clients but sales has been a, a huge component of that no doubt so you you founded and and rebranded three different companies let's talk about those and and the niches that they serve yeah uh try not to do that if, if you're listening <laughs> but um yeah you know you 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 learn and you make kind of some mistakes, but but yeah, that's that's really what happened. And just to touch on on the why behind that and a little bit about my journey. When I was with a large organization serving legal, and I've served legal for close to 10 years now, coming up on 10 years, you know, I certainly didn't want to violate any non-competes, things like that. So really I carved out a niche in, in a space that was geared towards med spas and sort of healthcare. And it worked really well. We brought in a lot of good money and it was called Kite Strings Digital. And it was really an integrated approach where we would essentially touch every channel. Despite my sales background, I guess I'm a little bit unique in that I, I like I mentioned, I'm sort of the, the marketing nerd as well and that I can practice what I preach. I love digging into analytics and, and different acquisition channels and all that. So we could say yes to a lot of different things over there. So we could say yes to automation, email marketing, Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, website, I mean, everything you could think of, we could say yes to. And that that was good because it earned us a lot of business quickly. The bad part of that was that it was not scalable. There was a lot of, of elements to that that were out of our control in terms of building repeatable, predictable, and high output processes within each of those channels. It's just almost impossible to do effectively unless you have a 30 or 40 employee agency and you've been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. So when I left uh, the corporate world and I was out of the non-compete, I, I was able to pivot back into legal. Um, between that process, I had created a new entity and made a different brand. And that was purposes for equity distribution among uh, partnerships I was exploring. So I won't get in the weeds on that. But ultimately, we we did finalize sort of hopefully our knock on wood, our final rebrand, which is called Growth Lab. It it's really exists to allude to the fact that, you know, my team is, we're very deep and skilled in a few very key areas and we're not wide. We, I literally took the opposite approach instead of trying to offer a lot of things so that I could say yes to a lot of business. I turned down a ton of business or refer it to agency partners or colleagues in the space that do things outside of what we do. And really, we only do three things for law firms at this point with Growth Lab. We do SEO, which is really our bread and butter. Um, we do SEM, so we run ads on Google, Yahoo, Bing, so search ads. And we do websites. That's the only three things we do. We do not touch anything else. Um, and Growth Lab has been successful at, at really scaling because of how deep our knowledge is in those areas. So... Well, it's fascinating to me because what, what you're referring to, I've talked a lot on this show about over my career where I sold radio ads um, on one station with one format to reach one audience and then digital comes along and I love the fact that we could solve more problems. But I, I want to understand why tailoring it to just three things, I think it has something to do with scalability, but uh, explain to us what the, the strategy is there. Yeah, it, it has to do with scalability, but even more important than that, I think it has to do with how we can best serve our 
customer base. And so if you're an agency owner, or even if you're a business and you're trying to understand where to invest a dollar uh, in marketing and sort of what are the most pro high priority things, because as I just alluded to, there's, let's say a dozen different channels or, or strategies you can invest in. Um, depends on your client's clients. So our law firm's clients, when unlike other industries like healthcare or e-com um, or product-based stuff where you're trying to sort of educate the marketplace where that's, in my opinion, social media can work really well. If you're trying to create demand, demand creation, we're not in the business of demand creation for legal. We're in the business of demand fulfillment. And so if you think about a law firm, let's say you get a DUI, you have a pretty urgent need for an attorney or if you're arrested for some kind of criminal charge. Let's say you're trying to get a divorce or you need a divorce attorney. There's a pretty, typically a pretty high urgency around that or a personal injury. If you're in a car accident, right? We see the billboards and the, the TV spots for that. There's there's a need that needs to be fulfilled with, with some urgency and there's some legal questions that need to be urgently answered. So when we looked at our clients' clients and the legal consumer and their journey to connect to a law firm, and, and just having been in the space and tried a lot of different things, the most linear path for a legal consumer to connect with a law firm is, is through search, through SEO, through, I mean, it's the real estate on Google. And so if you do a search for top car wreck attorney in whatever city or, or any of the other practice areas I just mentioned, that real estate includes the local service area ads and, and pay-per-click at the top, of course, map section and, and basically organic below that. And that's when our clients can dominate those areas. And there's a website on the back end that tells a really unique story. It tells people who they are, what they do and how to contact them and sort of the five second rule that I, I call it. Mm -hmm. And, and it converts that those three things are, are the highest return on investment channels, in my opinion, that legal can pursue with their dollars that Again, it's the most linear path. So yeah, it's scalable, but it also serves our client best. And I can talk more about the scalability piece, but it's just been incredibly effective at the results piece. And that's that's where we're getting referred and getting a lot of growth happening. How, how do you overcome the fact that, that lawyers are competitive? Um, if you're working with one law firm in a market, are you able to work with others or do you have to go into, a, into another market and kind of give them a bit of an exclusivity? That's a great question. And our prospects ask us the same question as, as well. Like, well, are you working with other firms in Atlanta or Houston or LA or whatever it is? And, and I'm always, of course, honest about it. But what I usually tell people, because when I was with in, in the corporate world and with Thomson Reuters, I had over 100 clients in Kansas City alone, which is kind of mind boggling. People don't realize how many solo and small law firms are out there in every metro. Uh, and that is problematic. I mean, that's incredibly saturated. But what I usually tell people and to answer your question is, you want a law firm or any business to participate in in the process of of search, in the process of of client um, you know decision making processes, and it, in the data behind a legal consumer. And I'm sure this applies to other other industries that some of your listeners may be dabbling in or or focused on. Is that consumers aren't looking at one website before they make a call or mm -hmm. fill out a web form. They're looking, you know, between three and four at least in the legal space. So as long as our clients are participating in that process and we can effectively differentiate them through unique value proposition language and content and headlines. And just to give you 
some real life examples is, you know, you may be a woman that needs a divorce and maybe you want a female divorce attorney on your side, or maybe, you know, you got a DUI and there's a younger, hungrier looking attorney with a bunch of accolades, or maybe there's an older attorney that has more experience because you have a really high stakes, you know, white collar crime involved. And there's always this psychological and cognitive decision-making process at play. And as long as we can get our clients in that position, they usually are going to win because consumers do want choices. So the other thing too, there's always a right way and a wrong way to do marketing with legal. And if you're an attorney and you believe in the power of digital and you believe in legal consumers going online to choose an attorney, which is what they do, you can either work with somebody that has seen it all and knows exactly how to build these campaigns, or you can work with somebody that may claim they do and and you're still having to compete with everybody else. You know what I mean? So right. we understand that and we can differentiate our clients so that they're all getting results, in my opinion. No, that's really, really well thought out. What I was what I was jumping at is I got a I got a good feeling that you've had this conversation a few times where you're dealing with a client and they say to you at the end of the presentation after they sign on the contract, they go, just don't sell it to my competitor because they see it as a competitive advantage. That's the idea of the perfect sales pitch, in my opinion. Yeah, I, and I, I'd probably say this, you know, I get it. I'd probably say something similar, but you know, I'm a business owner, they're a business owner, we're all entrepreneurial. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, if they're not happy with the results we're providing, I certainly don't want anybody handcuffed to us with, you know, 12 month term agreements and things like that. I mean, we're a very flexible team. Our team is, our, we're very entrepreneurial. We're very pragmatic. We're incredibly skilled at what we do and dynamic. And, I, and I'm just bragging on my team because we, we understand the marketing systems that grow our clients' uh, businesses. And if for some reason there's a competition issue where it's preventing results from happening, I mean, we'll get it fixed. It's not something we've had to come across this thus far. That's fascinating. Hey, often the account manager and the SEO fulfillment coordinator are two different fields. Do you have one person fulfilling both account management and SEO for your clients? We do. The way I structured our, our, our team is a bit unique in that our account managers are fulfilling a lot of the SEO uh, services that we provide. Not all of them, but that was intentional after sort of some trial and error where they were, you know, leading teams behind them and just reporting on results and acting as that liaison. But the problem is when you have an account manager also fulfilling a lot of the SEO, the technical SEO stuff, it reduces the, the distance between results and communication with clients. Cause the SEO space is a full of a lot of imposters, unfortunately, that talk a big game, but, they don't deliver what they promise, you know? Mm -hmm. No, unfortunately it is, uh, it is tainted with that for sure. So given the knowledge and experience that you've garnered over the last number of years in your career, this 15 year career, if you go back and do something differently or a couple things differently, what would that be? Yeah. I mean, based on the knowledge I have now, I would, I would certainly say niche down um, both with clients and with your service offerings. In fact, there's a company that um, a colleague and I just incorporated and we're, we're going to bring on some clients that is so niche. It's, it's, it's geared content. It's content only. So it's a content marketing agency geared specifically towards a single niche. So it's not even SEO and website. I mean, it's literally, we're just going to produce 
SEO content. It's called performance content partners, where the entire point of that content is just to drive qualified traffic and leads through a website through, you know, high intent content. So when we're scaling down and niching down and serving a very specific audience with a very specific service set, that is what I would do much earlier on in, in sort of my entrepreneurial journey with marketing. It's, it's just much easier to create repeatable processes, teams that are very expert in what they do. And that, again, it leads to higher value for our clients. And, and I think that it's a really good, good lesson because where, where missed expectations happen is where you got that, you know, huge menu of items that you deliver and some of them that you don't deliver on a regular basis aren't very good. And then it leads to bad experience. And I'm, I'm trying to dig into this, but I think that this is what you're trying to solve against by having a smaller set of things that you do really, really well. Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think for the entrepreneurs and agency owners that are listening and also the business owners that are trying to understand how to best grow their business with marketing, the, the advice I always tell people, and this is not a sales pitch towards what we do, I even say to to prospects, even if you don't work with our team, what I would encourage you to find is a agency or or a marketer that that is really focused on what you do, because I think most agencies out there have what I call a heterogeneous customer base problem, in that their customers are not all the same. They serve lots of small businesses or even enterprise kinds of clients, and the problem with that is when you don't have a niche that you serve, like legal, as an example, one of many, then the insights that you gather, the strategies you use from working with just legal or just one kind of customer are not able to be recycled. There's no relearning in the mark. And when you're marketing to each new customer, uh, you're having to sort of relearn things. And as a result, there's an efficiency problem that happens. And your ability to deliver consistent results to your customer base that is lost. And I think the more customer types you bring on in an agency, the the worse service can get for each customer because it's sort of creating this, this negative feedback loop and customer results ultimately get hurt in that process that I, that we found. No, there's some really good lessons in there. And you know, the one thing I want to leave our audience with is we've got to congratulate you on uh, the big award that you won here recently, Will. So congratulations, Vendasta's Strategy Excellent Award for 2022. We'll see if you can defend that next year. But thanks for uh, educating us today. Some great learnings. And we wish you uh, all the best with your organization as you continue to grow. Growth Lab is, uh, is a juggernaut. You're doing a great job there. Thanks, George. Really appreciate you having me on. We've been hearing about this niching down thing, phenomenon. I wonder if it shouldn't be niching to win because niching down to me is a little bit negative. But what Will was referring to is by dialing in your offerings and having less offerings that very clearly solve the problems that your customer base has and then not selling to everybody, being very focused on one vertical or one niche that you do really well You have a chance to get higher paying customers with larger margin and 
you deliver every time. And wouldn't it be great to say that when you sit down with your customer and you get a smile on their face and they're just talking about, wow, that was a great month. Look at all of the um, leads that we were delivered or the new customers that we were able to speak to. It, it's pretty cool to see it happen. And Will is living it every single day. And you can hear, because he's been doing it for a long time, there's quite a bit of discipline needed because you have to be ready to say no, to say that that doesn't fit with what we know we can deliver and be successful with. If you liked Will's episode, I sure did, discussing SEO in the legal niche, then let's continue the conversation. Check out these episodes. 217, The Evolution of Search Engine Marketing with Sandy Lore. Episode 422, A Guide to Google Ads with Mike Rhodes. Or episode 514, The Current State of Vendor and Media Company Relations with Martin Christesetter. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Sullivan Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Sullivan Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, George Leith, and Sullivan Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian prairies.